Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 31. Taylor Marshall, Whitney Bevins, and I break down the Nike Midwest meet yesterday uh, on a historically fast day on the famed Laverne Gibson Championship cross-country course. Let's hit it. All right, Colin Altavo, Taylor Marshall, Whitney Bevins. We're going to do the three-person weave uh, here. It's the first time we've tried this. And we're going to go through the exciting results of an historic Nike Midwest. Taylor, you and I were there. Whitney, you didn't go, right? No, I was there. I had two girl, I had three girls running. Oh, did you? I didn't see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was there. What? Um, well, how did, how did your girls do? Uh, two did I really well, actually, um, two ran their course PR for Terre Haute. Um, and another girl, I had one in the open race who ran, ran well, not her best time there, but had a good, decent day. I had two in the championship race. The Nike Midwest regional encompasses Indiana, Illinois. Those are the two main ones, Ohio, Michigan, and strangely enough, Missouri which normally doesn't matter, but somehow strangely this year it does, for at least for me. Uh, we'll go through. The Nike is on an opposite rotation of Indiana. So in Indiana, this was a girl's first year. But for Nike, it's a boy's first year. So in the boys' championship, let's start with the individuals. This was one of the crazier races. Uh, Dennis McNulty said he was one of the meet announcers and said this was one of the best high school races ever. So the winner was Hunter Jones from Michigan, who is one of the best runners in the country. 14-21. Did you ever think that we'd see a 14-21 from a high school kid in any any legitimate race? No, I don't. That's incredible. I mean, here's a kid who went out in a 240 with a field at 240, you know, at least seven guys, right? But he closes in a 247. I mean, just un unreal. Um, I just I did not think I would see something like that. Were Taylor, I think you were gone at that point. Whitney, were you kind of watching the boys race or following it or more kind of just getting your girls ready? No, I was watching it. Yeah. Um and yeah, no, like I, well, and it was, it was actually like immediate from the beginning, like in that first, but right before they went down the hill. And that's kind of where I saw Cole actually uh, catch up to that group. Um, Hunter was there from the beginning. So what do you like? We're, you're watching them go out and you see, and, and they have live results. We can get into this in a minute um, about how nice it is to, for, not to pretend to act like it's the twenties uh, and not act like it's the nineties. Uh, what are you thinking? You see him go out in 240 and then 430 for a mile. What do you, when, when you see that, what are you thinking, Whitney? Oh, sorry. Like to me. Um, I just couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe how fast it was going. Like I thought for sure I was going to probably slow down. And, and again, Hunter, Hunter definitely uh, kind of maintained. Um, I did not think I would see a 430 at, um, Laverne in this race yesterday especially the course wasn't 
it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, it was a little wet. It wasn't super sloppy, but it wasn't, I didn't expect it to be that fast. Wasn't like yeah. twilight conditions. That's for sure. No, that's what I, I was so surprised by how fast it ran. Now they did, they did do an hour delay. And so there were teams in the, that were going to be in the championship that were caught up in a traffic jam. And so they did an hour delay. So we kind of thought as we got there, like, okay, course conditions, not too bad for the like early races, 945 frost soft, boys frost soft, girls frost soft, 1015. But I kind of thought, okay, by the eighth and ninth races of the day, these course conditions are going to de deteriorate. And it really was the opposite. And as I'm watching these kids go out in 4.30, and obviously one of my guys is in there, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, these, these people from out of state have no idea about this course. And this is, right. this is going to end poorly for a lot of people. And uh, I, I think it's time to admit that I was wrong about that. It did not go poorly for them at all. So no, Hunter Jones, go ahead with no, it just, it was, it was really cool to watch that. They just kept like feeding off of one another, that whole, that front group. Um, and you didn't really necessarily see anybody pull away. It, they just kept, I don't know. It was interesting. They just really just kept using each other uh, to almost build that momentum going forward. So Hunter Jones, 1421, uh, Tolly runners did their speed ratings. It, it wasn't an, an un- unprecedented speed rating i think he was like 201 or 202 which is really really good i mean there's some years that there's never any that high um and he's probably a candidate uh, or a contender for nike nationals um or footlocker nationals i think he made it last year to what's it called now champs yes champs uh i think he's he's certainly a contender for for that as well now now cole matison from carmel shout out was is the uh was fifth last year at what was East Bay and is now champs and used to be footlocker. And he's the number one returner. I think Jones was was had beaten him at the regional but didn't run as well at the national meet. So Hunter Jones from Michigan, 12, 14 21. Connor Burns from Missouri. I believe he broke four minutes last year in a mile, a full mile, 1427. Uh it's B-E-N-N-E. -N -N -E. I, I I don't know if that's Benny or Ben Anderson. Uh, 1429 Connor Ackley from Ohio also 1429 and then the first Hoosier Cole Matisson from Carmel shot out 1447 so that is faster than the old course record which was held by uh, fellow Hoosier Futsum Zena Selassie I mean, uh, what, was, what was and what was Futsum's uh, previous record 1448 okay so Cole ducks under it by a little more than a second um top five Hoosiers I'm just going to try and eyeball this uh the second one was Tony Provenzano shout out from Carmel 1502 Ty Garrett from Center Grove the third uh Hoosier in 23rd 1517 Liam Bowski from Mishawaka the fourth in 26 1520 and the fifth runner from the fifth boy from Indiana was Eight. Caden Click, 1531, he goes to Noblesville. Yeah. So three of them return for next year. And all five, uh, the top five going on are seniors. Oh, the top five overall? Yep. Yeah, and it's, it's this was a, they're always, right, boys and girls, they're always dominated by juniors and seniors. Actually, Bowski from Mishawaka was the first sophomore. Um, 
in, in 1520. And then there was a freshman from Ohio that ran 1523, which is just Sick. pretty incredible. Yeah. So the top five go on automatically. The sixth and the seventh runners are entered into the conversation for like an at-large bid. Um, so the, 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 the top five not on advancing teams and none of those five were on advancing teams, although one of them was close, which we'll get into. Sure. Um, Team-wise on the boys' side, the boys' championship race, Hinsdale Central of Illinois, 123 Team average, 1523. Plainfield South, uh, 1534. Team average, 145 points. Downers Grove North from uh, Illinois, 178. So the, the way they do it is the top two go on automatically. The third place team and the fourth place team are considered for at-large bids. Typically, the third place team from the Midwest gets one of those. So we feel like Downers Grove North is going to go on, right? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair uh, assumption right there. They're pretty darn close. Deep regional. The fourth place team was Rock Bridge from Missouri. This is the best showing from a Missouri team ever. I, I would imagine this may be the best team ever for Missouri. They had 228 points in a 1539 team average. What, what kind of... Now they do take into account regular season who you beat earlier in the season. If you saw anybody, um, they were at that Laverne Twilight meet. I don't know how high up they finished. I, I think there were multiple teams from Indiana that beat them. What kind of chances do we give Rock Rockbridge to make it through and get one of those callbacks? Well, I'm pulling up their results from uh, Nike Twilight, as you mentioned, and they did beat Hinsdale Central on that day. They were seventh overall. Uh, putting them behind Zionsville five, Noblesville four, Carmel two. And, uh, you know, so they, there's a chance, but it's, you know, it's, it's pretty far back there, but you did, did beat Hinsdale Central. So there's that. And I don't, I don't think a team, I don't think a fourth place boys team has ever made it from the Midwest. There was the year Concordia was fourth and kind of in contention. Um, we could debate this. I don't, I don't know if that really interests that many people, but the number one team from Indiana, the top team from Indiana was Carmel shout out 232 points. So only four points back from rock bridge. But if you're not in the top four, you're not considered for advancement. Right. Right. Although your time average tied the third place team. So shout out. Yeah, I saw that. I saw Why that. don't you send that to Nike? See if they'll do something for you there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get on that right after this. I actually think, I think our team, yeah, I think our team time was, was the set, like when you add them all up, I think it was the second best. I think it was even better than Plainfield Central, but that's not how they score cross country. So no, not, not uh, let's go through the other boys teams in the championship from Indiana. Uh, Center Grove was sixth with 248 and a 1544 team average. Zionsville was eighth, 271 and a 1549 team average. Noblesville, 297 points. That's good for 10th, 1551. Columbus North, 22nd, 504, 1618 team average. Chesterton, 
2022 team average, and those were all of the teams from Indiana. Anything, but um, any of those teams kind of, we've talked about Carmel already. Um, I'm sure people are tired of that. Uh, any of the other teams kind of stick out to you among all those as a particularly good showing? I thought Center Grove had a pretty solid day. I mean, you know, they've had some ups and downs this season. We've talked about that quite a bit on the podcast, but I thought they were able to keep it together here and have a, a pretty solid showing, maybe not the one they were hoping for going into the season overall, but still, uh, still, you know, just a couple points back from a, albeit shorthanded Carmel team. Um, but, you know, they, they looked good and they beat, you know, Zionsville who uh, did have everybody and, and Center Grove did as well. And that, you know, they did not, that those places were reversed at the state meet. So, um, you know, pretty good day there for, for the Trojans, all things considered. Whitney, anything stick out to you in the boys race other than the incredible times? Um, so I, I guess for me, like curious, um, because obviously I, I think I follow the girls just a little bit more. Um, I feel like I saw on the girls' side, um, it seems like kind of some of the girls that didn't have a great state meet came back really strong on Saturday. Um, you maybe being paying a little more closer attention to the boys' side. Um, did that happen on the boys' side as well? I, I don't know in particular. I mean, it seems like the top two boys – and, and there were some notable absences and who knows, right. You, you, you might focus on, um, you might focus more on foot, the Foot Locker series or champs or East Bay or gosh, whatever it's called now. Um, I, I noticed that on both sides, we'll get into the girls that the, the teams that won at the state meet were also the top Indiana teams. I don't know that it matters you know, for instance, if another team went through and was the top Indiana team today, like they don't get rights to come into the locker room and take the trophy. But I think it does kind of maybe solidify it or verify it a little bit more that like, OK, these were the top teams because they were the top teams today. And sure. then Taylor mentioned being shorthanded. Some of these teams, you know, might have had kids that were kind of just getting through the state meet or whatever, that two of the two of the one, at least one boys team and one girls team ran shorthanded and you know that that can make a difference obviously in, in the team score you know if you were to fall four points short or something like that um on the girls side individually this was a really good showing uh from our our top girls individuals and we knew coming into the season uh that we had that but lily cridge was fourth overall 1702 sophia kennedy was fifth 1711 they're both going to advance automatically to the Nike uh, cross nationals. And then it gets interesting. Addison Canablo of Homestead was seventh. She's then in the mix and could potentially receive one of those at large bids. And the winner was Helen Sachs. Who's a sophomore. Um, she ran 1648. Her team was third overall. And so I wonder if, perhaps her team gets an at-large bid. Now they were pretty far back. The top two teams were way up there, but maybe her team gets one of those at-large bids. Usually the Midwest gets an at-large team out in the boys and the girls, mm -hmm. um, especially with the how dense the population is. I mean, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, those are four big states. Now Michigan doesn't really get to compete 
like some of those other schools. But uh, I think there's a chance that they could get an at-large bid, which would then move everybody up one and Canabla would be potentially the first of the at-large uh, individuals. Lily Myers of Bloomington South was 16th overall, seven, 1748. That was a huge race for yeah, Lily. Um, she ran, yeah, she ran great. And Julia Kiesler of Columbus North, 1753 for 19th. It, you know, the conditions were basically ideal. Um, I, I don't think that the, the footing just kind of congealed a lot better by the end of the day, which is strange having all those races on it. But I mean, can you, I just, I just can't, I can't hardly believe some of these times on the girls. Can, can you imagine going back two years, Whitney and saying, uh, Sophia Kennedy's going to run 1711. And by the way, she's not even going to be in contention for the win at all. Right. No, I mean, and even, well, that's always kind of like the point was what I said earlier is, a lot of these girls, like compared to their state meet, like just, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but like ran, ran great. Like Jessica Hegedus, Hegedus, I keep saying, had a big PR running sub 18. Mm -hmm. um, again, like I know Cridge probably wanted to win, but like ran, I no, no, just like they were way faster than I thought they were going to be. Same on the boys' side. And I thought the girls' race, given that it was the last race of the day, was going to be even like just not not as fast. Um, and they proved they proved otherwise. Yeah, I thought for sure it'd be pretty sloppy. Libby Dowdy from Indian Creek, who's a freshman, also seventeen fifty six. So seven Indiana girls under eighteen minutes. Uh, and at the end of the season, that like it's I mean we all had kids running. It's it's tough. It's it's a long season in Indiana. Do you think yeah. I've been thinking about this the last few days here? And it seems like every year when we look at, we look around at not as much with the girls teams this year, but on the boys side, it's like, Oh, Illinois is a little bit down this year. Illinois is a little down comparatively. And maybe this is the year that the Indiana teams can get in. And then at least this year, I mean, granted, you know, the, the team that had the best chance to get out from Indiana, one of their guys didn't run yesterday. Um, but is there something about the way that Illinois sets their season up that it feels like they're just not running races in August and even much in September? Well, that certainly seems to be the case, right? I mean, like you said, they start their season much later. Their state meet is the same Saturday as our state meet. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Well, one, one, one week later. Okay, yeah, one week later and everything, you know, typically they, they start, like you said, uh, running much later. And then even then they may not participate in some of these early meets. So when we see them at a Nike twilight, they, you know, they're in a very different spot as we are, you know, uh, one weekend out from our tournament series where some of the teams or certainly some of the individuals for sure have to be on, right. I mean, if you're on a team, that's a, not a contender to advance from the beginning of a four round tournament, which by the way, I believe Illinois has a three round tournament. Right, um, three round tournament. So it starts two weeks later than ours does. Yeah, we will join them next year on a three round schedule. Um, so I, I think that is a, a huge factor in it as well. Um, so I think the, you know, their season set up probably to run a little bit deeper uh, into the fall than uh, what most Indiana teams are doing. Um, but I mean, I think we could, we could think of a couple of teams that may opt to, uh, not race in August, right. I can at least think of one team that doesn't race in August for the most part. So, um, you know, there are things coaches could do to get their squad set up for, you know, an XR if, if that's the goal. 
Let's go through the girls' teams. Noblesville, who won the state championship two weeks ago with six, 220 points and an 1837 team average. Columbus North, who was second at the state meet, was eighth, 282 and an 1850 team average. Now that's without one of their star runners. Lily Baker did not compete. So if she did, it seems very likely that uh, Columbus North would have finished a little ahead of, of Noblesville. Columbus North got a huge race from Brianna Newell, who ran 1813. Um, and that that helped that helped Columbus North to, to finish higher up than they would have otherwise. Uh, scrolling down, there are a lot of teams from Ohio in here. Uh, Concordia girls, 473 points. That was good for 18th, 1928 team average. Homestead, 497. That was 19th, 1930 team average. Warsaw, 20th, 551, 1946. Uh, Floyd Central, 562, 1949 team average. And Viking, that would be Valpo, 609, 28th, 1957. Avon, 638, uh, 29th, 2027 team average. So anybody... Impressive among those teams. It's a long, it's a long ran. Yeah, Noblesville ran, I think, better uh Saturday yesterday than they did at the state meet in terms of just overall average time. And I think just collectively, like they just they performed a lot better yesterday than they did at the state meet. I think more what they were projected to run at the state meet, um, in terms of overall time average and just some like uh Nadia Perez ran a lot better. Um and so, yeah, they just, they definitely showed up yesterday. And Noblesville, not that far. I mean, the top two were 52 and 73 points. This team from Prospect, I don't know, and, and maybe Taylor or Whitney, maybe one of the two, you know, do they rank, are they like the number one team nationally? Uh, I don't believe they're number one, but they're up there. I believe uh, Saratoga Falls from uh, New York is is number one or, or near the top, but uh, while Whitney talks, I'll pull up their rankings. Yeah, I, I can't. I just this prospect team in Illinois, and they came to the Nike Twilight mm-hmm. Meet, the Laverne Night Meet, and they ran really well there. And then they they come back yesterday and ran seventeen thirty six, seventeen forty, seventeen forty, seventeen forty four, and eighteen twenty three. That's got to be a contender to be the best team in the country, right? Yeah, and there's a team out of um, Colorado. I'm blanking on uh, white. Uh, Niwat. Niwat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Um, so Saratoga Springs is the top team, uh, according to the most recent Diestat, uh rankings that came out here November 10th. Uh, this prospect team is ranked sixth. Um, so we've got Saratoga sixth? Springs out of New York. Sixth, yeah. Saratoga Springs uh, out of New York, number one. Number two, Niwat out of Colorado. Three Buchanan out of California, four Cuthbertson out of North Carolina, and five Flower Mound, Texas, with prospect number six. Or I believe was that where Natalie Cook was from as well. Yes. Yeah. York, by the way, is ninth in the most recent. You know, again, this is prior to yesterday's race, but uh, York is in ninth. I just, I mean, I know it ran really fast, and the speed ratings kind of put that into perspective tullyrunners.com the they do speed ratings which is it's kind of like incc stats except it's like with a number rather than a time um 
I just, yeah, I can't imagine that that's not, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, we don't have proper perspective on, right. It is a country of 330 million people and there's thousands upon thousands of high schools that there's just going to be teams like that every, you know, uh, a few of those every year. Uh, what are we, what are we thinking moving forward then for the rest of this? Do we, so Cole, Cridge and Kennedy are all going to move on to, to Nike nationals. Do we, we know Cole's going to run Foot Locker. We okay. think Kennedy will probably run Foot Locker too, right? I mean, she did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do we do we know is is Cridge going to do Foot Locker this year? Don't know. Um, I know none of the top, none of those like those those three are 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 running in the Mid East meet next week. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that does and I, I don't know what Farley's planning on doing either. I don't know if Farley's gonna um decide to focus on track or if she's gonna continue her season at all. Um and then so, so Farley and Kennedy both made it last year to the I'm just gonna call it Foot Locker because I can't remember what the whoever bought it. It's it's like a whole thing. The same company. Foot Locker owns them. So you they're they're not gonna be offended. Okay. Uh great yeah great. I'd hate to offend somebody with our, our free podcast. Hey, we want sponsors calling. All right, listen here. We got to be nice to the people so we can get some cash flowing here. You got a company who wants to sponsor the podcast? Send Alto an email. Yeah, boy, that would really uh, <laughs> that would really entice me to continue this next year. Um, <laughs> I both of them made it last year. We, we didn't see Sutherland at Nike this year. I think she ran last year, but. Um, I don't, I don't know if she's, if she's moving on to track or I would, I would say this, I, you know, I, I doubt someone is listening to the podcast and is going to change their, their holiday plans for this. If you have a chance to make it, I know that I know the qualifying meet is in Wisconsin. I know that's like a, you know, like a bottom 10 state in the union, bottom 20. And it's over Thanksgiving weekend. If you have a chance to make it, you've got it. You got to go out there and try. You've got to go out there and try. And how many girls do we have from Indiana right now that could go out there, run a great race, and finish in the top ten? There's like six, seven, eight of them, right? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. And I yeah. just think you got you got to go out there and try because if you finish in the top ten, that is a once in a lifetime experience to go to San Diego to stay in that hotel, the, the Hotel Del Coronado, to run on the Balboa Park course, like you got you got to try. You got to try. So I, I don't know if Cridge is going to. Um, I know she didn't last year, right? She, she, did, just, gar- she did garden last year. Yeah, so I mean, so that's out this year, right? Because that's the same weekend as um, NXN. Assuming that she's she qualified for NXN, I'm assuming she'll, she'll go. Um. Kennedy will probably do Foot Locker. Canablo, I don't, I don't know. Um, but if you've if you got a chance to make it, you've oh. got it, you've got to try. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, that uh, certainly would show Indiana to be well represented uh, in San Diego again, no matter what they're going to call it. Um, so you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, if an entry list will be published uh, prior to next week, um, get an idea of who might be traveling up 
to Wisconsin. One of the, uh, I think that might be on their, on their slogan too. Uh, we got Aaron Rodgers, and we're one of the bottom 20 States in the union. So well, they might say up everybody. They might actually say top 31 States in the union. Yeah. Well, you know, or maybe, Hey, take Aaron Rodgers with you. Cause it's not going well. So that's they, won he- yesterday. they won yesterday. Oh, they played the Cowboys. So, you know, everybody's a Packer fan on the day they play the Cowboys. Oh, well, things are going really well for our team. So I, there's only, there's <laughs> hey, than- one and oh in the week, baby. One and oh. Uh, what do you think about Jeff Saturday, Colin? How do you, what are, what are our thoughts on that? Okay. So here, speaking of that, here, let me, let me jump in while Colin collects I'm talking to a parent uh, of uh, uh, one of your boys, Alto, and uh, they had a daughter who graduated uh, a couple years ago, and they're talking to their daughter who goes to a very large public school in the South, and uh, she was okay, talking. Okay, now I'm trying to figure out who the family was as you say that. Okay, now I got yeah. Yeah. So she was talking. Father, uh, father was a former uh, mental attitude uh-huh. for the state of Indiana. Yes. So if you want to know, just go Mom back through the podcast uh, and listen to A very to uh, celebrated, a collegiate uh, runner herself. So mm-hmm. – uh, we're talking to them and, and they said, you know, Hey, we're talking to our daughter. And uh, she said, Hey, did you hear about this Jeff Saturday guy going to be the Colts coach? Like, yeah, where you been under a rock? You know, you're not a football girl anyway. What are you talking about? He goes, Oh yeah. Uh, her, uh, his daughter is uh, one of my good friends, best friends. And she was just talking about the other day. Crazy. How cool well, is yeah, that? Because they lived in Carmel. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, or does that's the daughter cool. go to Alabama too? Well, thank you for sharing that. Very large school located in the South. That is where they attend. So, yes, the Jeff Saturday's daughter's there and is friends with uh, this girl as well. Wow. Uh, what do I think about the Jeff Saturday thing? Uh, well, it was weird. Also, I would say there's nothing more predictable than, like, the outside-the-box hire, uh, the owner, you know, I, I don't know how many marbles he's got right now, but it – some of them have gone missing. And then they're like, so people, you know, raise some questions as to like, this is weird that you would bring a guy in in the middle of the season. And then they beat one of the worst teams in the league. And everybody's like, see, yeah, we're, you guys are playing checkers and look at us playing chess. Like Jeff Saturday, we beat the Raiders on a last second play that was probably pass interference, but like, you know, we could, we need some good luck too. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it goes to this, right? Like, that what exactly does the head coach of an NFL team do? Right, it's a big bureaucracy. Right? I mean, there's so many right. like yeah, it's like it's it's like it's like the, it's basically the BMV. It's the BMV. You know what? Jeff Saturday's running the BMV. In fact, you know what? I tell you what, he should run the BMV, and he'll probably go better. But he's also like a high school principal of a large school, or he's like the president. Like, what exactly does he do every day? besides yeah. shake hands and kiss babies. Right. So, I mean, you know, Jeff Saturday's out there, you know, he, he gives a good fiery speech. The, the guys are going nuts, you know, uh, Greg Doyle can't get enough. Right. David Woods is like, let's don't, write a great article about the man. I mean, this is what he does. And then the coaches are Greg out Doyle. there 90 hours a week, yeah. right. Jimmy John sandwiches for, for dinner because they're slaving over the, the game film. Right. So Jonathan Taylor get a few more carries and then Jeff Saturday, <laughs> it's all they can hear about. You know, I mean, what does he really do? These guys, these, these guys spend 90 hours a week in the office. They refuse to go home. They're sleeping on cots. Their kids don't even know them, can't recognize their father. They just see him on TV. Oh, that's daddy, right? Whatever. You know? 
Just win, baby. The, win. The, outcome, the, the outcome of that is let's hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Hey, I, I spent zero point. hours at that complex. Yeah. And I could have given you that. One hour, and you could pay me a fraction of the money, and I'll say, all right, boys, here's what we're going to do. Matt Ryan's going to turn around. He's going to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor and all you big dudes are going to block so he can get a big game. Basically what I'm getting out of this is that you, you'll do it for half of whatever they're paying anyone else. I'll do it for half of whatever anyone else. Anyone I, else. I will give, you got to give Saturday credit because he did, he did say in the post game stuff and I missed most of the game because we were at the meet um, that uh, he was basically like afterwards is like, yeah, like I just got here like three days ago. All the all these other coaches deserve the credit. Like it's so he. I mean, he is a good guy. It's just it's kind I of. I don't know, man. Jim Irsay said his fingerprints were all over this. All oh, over. Well, they were all over us. I think I'm gonna cut that part out. <laughs> no, no, please don't edit this podcast. This may be the best one that's come out in like four years. You know what? I thought for some point I would like at some point I get bleeped on here, like I would slip up and curse or whatever. But really, what's going to be taken out is my hot take on OJ. <laughs> hey, you want to do a quick, real miscellaneous minute? All right, ready? Who's your Mario Kart character, Taylor? Uh shoot. Uh, I don't know who's the uh, who's the the turtle guy, Yoshi. Yoshi. Yes, I, I don't know. Okay, Whitney. Luigi. Oh, that's a good one. So we started playing. Uh, well, I I gave so, Solomon like a wheel, we? and he just Solomon, my son, and I. But uh, he's not actually playing. I just give him a wheel, and he turns it. But I let him pick the character. So first time he we had for the Wii, and he picked. He said the baby. So there's baby Mario. Yeah. Then next time I played, he said the princess. So that was obvious. Then he said the big, the big turtle, which that's what he calls Bowser. And oh, then today okay. he said the frog. Okay. And that was Yoshi. Yoshi's the frog. I yeah. can see. And whoever, whatever the character is, immediately into the race, he screams out, the frog is good at racing. It's like, all right, well, we're in 10th out of 12. So is he beating you out there? Well, he's not actually playing, but he does claim whenever, whenever he, whenever the game is on and I'm playing and he's turning his wheel, he's screaming out, "I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm in the lead." Yeah, he's a real competitor. Yeah, yeah, just like a certain former running back for the Buffalo Bills. Look, the man is one of the fifty greatest players in the history of the National Football League. You know how many players have played in the National Football League, and he's one of the fifty greatest. Well, there's more than fifty per team. Yeah, well, like, so at, at any one time, yeah, yeah, and very few of them on our team are any good. So dominated at USC. You know what? There's uh, only two minutes left, which is too bad because we could go through the Colts schedule and I could declare them all wins. But here oh, we are. Uh, we've done. We uh, we did that before, Whitney. Don't don't let them do that. Don't I won't. Do won't. we want to talk about next year at all? Like next year cross country? Like what? How do, how does this set us up for next year cross country? You tell us, Whitney, how does this set us up for cross country next year? Well, on the girls' side, we have an incredible senior class. We got uh, Knoblo, Sutherland, um, Maggie Powers. I'm going to th- shout out Liz, Liz Smith. Uh, wow. uh, who else? Gosh, Rumpy, Rempy, Nani Perez. Um, yeah. I'm going to miss. I'm Half gonna the Noblesville team comes back. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the girl on the girl's side, right? I mean, Noblesville, we're in the last minute here. Uh, mm-hmm. But Noblesville is the clear favorite on the girls' side. I think on the boys' side, it, it, it could be a little bit closer. Yeah. Who do we hopefully, got on the Hopefully side? not for my sake. 
everybody thinks it's all you know it's exciting or it's interesting when it's close it's like well what about you know what about my anxiety levels right three, three <laughs> points is you know it's, it's close yeah nobody yeah nobody cares nobody cares about how i feel apparently at least make it four they, yeah they just want to pump out the free podcast cool right. uh anything else we're in the last few seconds here Thanks for having us. I hope it wasn't too big of a train wreck in the first uh, three man weave here. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it went well. And you know, it's about improvement, right? The joy isn't in being good. The joy is in getting good. The podcast is still getting good. Yeah. Well, tell your friends, tell your family, you know, yeah. what, turn someone over Thanksgiving, right? Say, say what you're thankful for and then uh, hit play on the podcast. All right. Hey, thanks guys. Bye. Go Hans. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.